right, you hear the music of the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And what matters to me, well, I, I wanted to change it up a little bit. But I want to be consistent. And uh, everybody knows that if the Cleveland Cavaliers would have won, <clears throat> what would have mattered to me was the fact that they did win. So it also matters to me that they lost. So I'm going to give credit where it's deserving. And that is the Golden State Warriors. We have a new NBA champion for 2018. That's what matters. The Golden State, War- Golden State Warriors back-to-back. Of course, Kevin Durant, back-to-back MVP. And um, and I'd like to say it was a great, great series. Uh, but I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say it was a good series. It was basketball. I love the game of basketball. I think those of us out there, regardless of who you were rooting for, you did see some good basketball. You didn't see a great competitive series. Obviously, the Cavs got swept. Um, no excuses. You know, whatever team you got, that's what you got to play with. Um, your bench is supposed to be good enough to replace those players that uh, that made have might have gotten hurt or that might have been traded away. Um, so, the team you have is the team you got to play with. That's what LeBron had to play with. Uh, that's what the Cavs had to play with. Came up short. What can I say? No excuses. So the Gold Straight Warriors are the NBA 2018 champions. And uh, excited about the fact that, uh, again, basketball season, what was it? it was a good one. It was what we expected. We thought those two teams would be in the finals. Well, I don't know. At the beginning, when LeBron didn't have Kyrie and, um, you know, we didn't know what he was going to have, mm, we still had confidence in LeBron. Uh, but uh, knowing what team he was playing with, we also felt that, uh, that of course, that they would not win it. So uh, it turned out, I guess, the way we thought it would at the beginning. But uh, got my man Willie Gibson in with me. Uh, Willie, how you doing, man? Good, Ray. How about you? Not bad. you agree with me that the series turned out the way you thought it would? No, no. I, I picked the Cavs. Um, it's a make or miss league. I, I think you can look at a couple of plays here and there. I mean, without saying game one, the J.R. Gaffle. Was one, but the the miss the the reversal on a foul call. I've never seen that play before in, in NBA history, right? Where the refs make a call and they go to replay and reverse the call. I've seen that in the NFL, but to reverse a foul that you call on the floor, it's unprecedented. I've never, and then to do it on the on the grandest stage of the NBA Finals. So uh, game one, I think sets the tone for the series. And once that uh, went the way of the Warriors, and, and granted. Yes, it was overtime, and the Cavs had five more minutes, but it was clear that demoralized them, and that, that pretty much uh, set the tone for the for the remainder of the series. But I, I did think Cleveland had a chance to win it. Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I think they had a chance to win it. But uh, looking at, you know, man for man, uh, their starting five against our starting five, I really don't think – I mean, to be honest, I mean, LeBron even said himself um, – you know, player for player, they probably had more talent at, at the positions than we did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just thought that it was it was it was it was going to be an uphill challenge. One that yeah, if LeBron James is on the court, you you we want to go with LeBron. But um, you know, it was just I, I thought it was lopsided. I didn't think we would get swept. As a matter of fact, I thought we could possibly win. But if I were a betting man, would I bet money on the fact that the Cavs are going to win? I would not have. I did not. Mm-hmm. I'm not a betting man. But, uh, no, I, I don't think if I, if I were betting, I, I probably would not have bet on the Cavs. If, if we had Kyrie, mm, we beat him before with that team. So, you know, but one thing I would say, if we would have won a game 
Anytime you do something once, you can do it twice. So if we would have right. won a game, I would have thought we could have win. We could win four. You know, if you did it once, you can do it again. So, uh, and so I guess that's what they think too. They beat us once. They figured they could beat us again. So, uh, so they did. But um, hey, we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. Um, <clears throat> today, what I want to do is. Um, uh, LinkedIn is an amazing tool out there for those of you out there who obviously many of us know about it. Some of us use it. Some of us don't. Uh, but I do. Uh, there's times when I reach out to people and people reach out to me. And, you know, it's about extending your network, um, you know, trying to see um, if there's opportunities that uh, in business, if you can assist one another in, in, in personal growth, whatever it may be. It, certainly LinkedIn is more of the place to do business than I find with Facebook and the others, Instagram and things of that nature. And, and I was fortunate, very fortunate to uh, meet a young lady on LinkedIn. I uh, thought I would share that uh, to kind of open up the conversation we're going to have. Uh, I believe uh, Jennifer Garrett, Jennifer, who is uh, an amazing person, first of all. She's accomplished a lot of things. She's an accomplished. She's an attorney. Uh, I believe she's a mother as well. Um, uh, she's a, a, a speaker, a motivational speaker. Um, just a, just an outstanding person doing great things. Uh, Jennifer wrote a book that she sent to me, and I've got a couple books uh, that I <clears throat> have sent to me in the last few uh, months, and I haven't got a chance to read them all. Jennifer's, I've skimmed through hers. I haven't read it all. Uh, I did read another great book one of my friends sent me. Um, Tyrone Hicks sent me, and uh, T-Bone's book. I believe the name of it was The Beast. Uh, I think uh, Taken Hostage by the Beast by Ty Hicks, Tyrone Hicks, is uh, the last book that I just read. And Jennifer's, I haven't gotten through it, but hers is Move the Ball. And uh, Jennifer's on with me, I believe, now. And we're going we're gonna to talk with her about her book. Jennifer, are you there? Hi, Ray. Yes, I'm here. How are you, Jennifer? I am doing great, and thank you very much for having me on your show. Oh, thank you for uh, being on the show. And... Uh, as I said, I got a chance to meet you via the wonderful tool out there that's called LinkedIn. And you sent me the book. And, of course, I have the book in front of me. It's called Move the Ball, How the Game of American Football Can Help You Achieve Your Life Goals. And that's very interesting coming from a person who did not play football, from my understanding. Am I correct? That's correct. Okay, so uh, Jennifer, what we're going to do is going to take the time to, uh, and discuss your book here uh, because I, it certainly, from what I read of it, is very interesting and uh, something I believe that uh, the people out there listening would want to learn a little bit more about the book and, and about yourself. Now, uh, you and I send each other emails, and I'm going to do what we do in sports, and particularly in football, is uh, there are situations where people think that we're going to run a certain play, and we call an audible. And we run a different play on the offensive side of the ball, and the defense has to adjust. So I'm going to call an audible on you. I'm going to be on the offensive side of the ball, and the things that you that you sent me, I don't know if I'm going to address those because after skimming a couple of chapters, there's something else uh, I want to do a little different. And since you wrote the book, I, I'm sure it's not going to be a problem for you. So, uh, so if you start off, I'd just like to, you know, rather than me give some background, why don't you kind of tell the folks a little bit about yourself, and uh, and we'll go from there. Okay, great. Yeah, so you know, as you mentioned, I'm author of Move the Ball, and I have followed football since I was a kid. I did not grow up in a football family. I did not have brothers who played football, but what I did have was two parents that watched football 
every weekend during football season, and I just fell in love with the game as a kid. And there are so many principles that I've taken away from the game and applied them off the field in my own life to be successful. A little bit about my background. You mentioned you know, I am a mother. I have five uh, beautiful children. Um, I have seven college degrees, so education is something that I, I hold very dear to me. I've worked in executive-level positions in multiple Fortune 50 companies. I'm also a judge advocate in the Army National Guard, so I'm an Army lawyer, if you've ever seen the show JAG, which uh, features Navy lawyers. Uh, similar, not quite as Hollywoodish, but uh, still a great opportunity to serve my country, so I'm glad I have that opportunity. And really what I did with the book is I wanted to share with readers how they could use football, whether you're a football fanatic or someone that has a mild interest. There are so many principles that you can take away from the sport and apply it to overcome any challenge you may be facing and to achieve any goal you may have set for yourself, whether that be a personal goal, a career goal, or running your business. Okay, uh, Jennifer, let's talk a little bit about, uh, in, in your book, in Chapter t- uh, 2, it is, I believe, uh, you talk a little bit about the pregame show. Uh, explain to everybody what the pregame show is all about. Yeah, so, so you know, it starts with believing in yourself and, and identifying what your goals are. So I analogize you to being the quarterback on your life field, and what is in the game is, what is what's important to you, how you define Success. So the pregame show was really setting that up and getting yourself fired up to achieve the goals that you've always wanted to achieve in your life. And that's different for every one of us, but it starts with believing in yourself, committing, and knowing that uh, you're all in and you're going to move the ball down the field no matter what it takes. Now, you know, it's interesting, Jennifer. You, you say you never played the game, but you watched the game. Uh, but but all these analogies that you bring up as they relate to life in, in sports, you just picked up from watching on television. There was no football expert, as you will, that sat down with you. Is that would that be correct in saying that? Yes, that's correct. It's all just from what I've I've taken away from watching you know pro NFL games, collegiate football, as well as watching just high school football games. Okay. And there's so much that you can learn from it just by watching the sport and not just, you know, rooting when a team scores a touchdown. There's a lot more to the game than just scoring and uh, and more than just the teamwork aspects of it. Well, uh, you, you've picked up on it uh, pretty good. I'll tell you what, I'm not going to ask you another question because it'll, you know, interfere with our break. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead to break, then we're going to come back. And we come back, uh, I think I want to talk to you a little bit about Chapter 3, and that is uh, Drop the Dead Weight. <laughs> that uh, that's an interesting subject matter to me right there because there's a lot of dead weight in a lot of people's lives and I'd like to hear your perspective as it pertains to your book and the game of football. So uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, Willie's with us as well. And Willie, uh, if you got a question, be sure to jump in when we, on the other side of the break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. We'll take this break and be right back. flagship station for sports Voice America 
America's sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a 9-horse field, but really there are 7 donkeys and 2 zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Are you ready for the latest sports news, the culture around the game, and unique insight? Then you need to make Kareem and the Coach your destination each week. Host Kareem Rush played for the LA Lakers and has the inside track to personas in both professional and college sports. Co-host Eric Newman is a former basketball coach and now a producer and filmmaker. Together they cover sports and entertainment in a fast-paced hour every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters is that the Golden State Warriors are the 2018 NBA champions. We salute them, those of us uh, who have a strong tie to the Cleveland Cavaliers in the city of Cleveland, Northeast Ohio. We are saddened, um, but not surprised. Um, but uh, we'll be back next year. There's always next year. So we'll see how that works out. But uh, today, special guest on with me today, uh, Jennifer Garrett. Uh, Jennifer's book is Move the Ball, How the Game of American Football Can Help You Achieve Your Life Goals. And uh, we'll speak with Jennifer just uh before the break there, and uh, wanted to get back to her. And uh, Jennifer, again, uh, one of your chapters that I find very interesting, and I've got uh, a number of them here that I've uh, put an asterisk next to to ask you a few questions about, and that won't, won't be every one of them, but uh, let's, let's move to Chapter 4. And I, I talked about on the other side of break, before we went to break, um, drop the dead weight. Now, um, there's a lot of things that uh, particularly growing up uh, in Canton, Ohio, young student athlete with uh, aspirations to maybe go on to college and, and play ball in college and get an education and then go to the next level. Uh, in, the, in, in the neighborhood, we all, in the hood, we always say, you know, you, you got to let them go. You know, uh, some, some people, you, you move beyond where they are in life and, and, and they will hold you back. Can you talk to us a little bit about drop the dead weight and what that means uh, according to um, your perspective and, and the way you explained it in the book? 
Absolutely. So, so I mentioned earlier that you're the quarterback and the field is your life, right? And you're trying to move the ball forward. There are people that are on that field with you. Some of those people are your teammates who you're going to leverage to help support you and move that ball forward. There are other people, and that's what this chapter really talks about, is there are other people that are just dead weight. They are not doing any good by being on that field with you. So what I talk about in the book is you have to recognize who these people are and do one of two things. One, some of these people are so toxic and negative and detrimental to even being in your life that you need to completely sever ties and kick them off the field and, and just move on. The time has come to, to end that relationship. There are other people who you may not necessarily want to sever the relationship, but they're not necessarily being helpful for this particular goal. And so they may have negative comments, not because they are trying to bring you down or, or hurt you, but because they think they are trying to help you and they don't want to see you fail. And they, they're letting that fear of the unknown get in their head and they're trying to share those concerns with you. So instead of removing them, from your life, you just push them to the sideline for this particular goal and you keep moving forward. And so that's what that chapter is really about, recognizing who you need to remove as well as who you may need to push to the sideline because they're not helping you to achieve that goal. Now, Jennifer, that, that can be sensitive in some cases when you talk about, you know, your immediate family, because sometimes uh, I, I, my brother-in-law, um, uh, I've heard him say things, not that he's trying to do this, but he, he's just he's mentioned the term to acknowledge that there are people out there that do this to other people and he calls them dream killers you know and there are people that again just by their comments and the negativity uh that comes along with their comments you know they're not encouraging they're not inspiring uh they're actually those kind of people you know we always say again i'm going to go back because uh i never want to you know lose my ties to uh, Canton, Ohio, and what we call the hood is that many times you'll hear uh, people call them haters. You know, these are people that, again, don't believe in you. They never think you're going to make it. And when they're your family members, how do you suggest that somebody does it? It could even be your mom or your dad. Oh, he's stupid or he's dumb. He's not going to make it. He's not good enough. Why is he trying? Why, why are we wasting our money? We're spending money to send him to this camp or send him to that camp or let him do this or that. Or he's, you know, she's never going to make it. She, she can't make the squad or she can't make the grades. How do you, well, how do you suggest people handle it when it's a family member? Is there a different kind of way to approach this? Great question. Yes. Yeah, so, what I'll share is obviously those are people that you're not going to get rid of. So really what you want to do is to not let them get in your head and stay mentally tough and committed. Look, this is your life, and so really you need to be the one that defines what success is to you. And if there's something that you're passionate about, even if these haters or dream killers are, are telling you comments that may discourage you, cannot let them get in your head, and you need to just remain committed and focused to moving forward. And I'll give you a quick example. I was early in my career, I was a young engineer, looking at making a career change or, or switching to uh, private industry. I used to work for the federal government. And my father, who was an engineer, was very um, skeptical because a lot of the big aerospace companies um, went through cycles and did layoffs. And so he was concerned about me getting laid off in the future. And I said, you know, I think this is a really good opportunity for me. And had I listened to my dad, I would not have pursued that. And, you know, I did not cut my dad out of my life. I just kind of didn't let him get in my head. I stayed 
you know, stubborn and committed on what I wanted to do. And years later, my dad told me how great of a job move that was. And so, you know, you just can't let those people hate on you and deter you from trying to move forward. It's really up to you to move the ball forward. And so you can't let those people try to, to negatively steer you away from what's important to you. Okay, let's, let's jump ahead. I did not have it earmarked as one of those chapters that I want to address, but you brought it up. So let's just talk about that because the term is used so you know, it's commonly used, but I'm not sure everybody really understands what it is, how how to define it in terms of how they use it or how it should be used or how you acquire it. And that is in, in your uh, chapter 16 of your book, you talk about mental toughness. Can you explain and define that to some people from your perspective, what you mean by mental toughness and how it's applied here in your book? Sure, yeah. So when I introduce the topic, I talk about it in the football context and how it's not just physical talent and skills that's going to make you a great athlete. It's what's in your head and what's that mental um, component to being great. And so you can take that off the football field and apply that in your own life, meaning, you know, how sound are you mentally and focused on the goals that you have set for yourself? So it's really no matter what comes your way, you have the mindset that I'm going to tackle any challenge and I'm going to keep going no matter what. So it's A, believing in yourself, two, being committed to the goal, and being three, mentally tough that no matter what comes across your path, you're going to figure it out, stick it out, and get through it. Well, that uh, certainly should be helpful for those out there who uh, perhaps maybe, again, uh, we're talking about life, not necessarily talking about football. We want everybody to understand this, but many times uh, in the athletic world, we talk about transferable skills. Uh, that we can, things that we learn within sports that we can apply to everyday life. And uh, certainly uh, you've touched on several of them so far and uh, throughout the book. And so let's move on now. Uh, There is another chapter I want to get back to, and it's uh, chapter five. And in chapter five, you talk about uh, what what does it mean to win? And of course, um, we're we're talking about life here. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit because you've taken football and you've drawn an analogy to winning a football game. And now you're talking about you know, what does it mean to win? And that is uh, in, uh, in your book, Move the Ball. So let's talk about winning. Uh, what does it mean to win? Sure. So success is defined in different ways, and it will be different to each and every one of us. So in that chapter, I really want the audience to examine what does success look like to them, and it should be defined by them. So, you know, I have my goals, you have yours. So I challenge the readers to really spend some time figuring out what does winning look like for you. And then once you have that, then you can really start to develop your playbook and then be able to move the ball towards those goals. But you need to really figure out what is that that you, you think is success. You know, and it's interesting you said because I, I had a coach when I um, played for the Philadelphia Eagles. He was our special teams coach, one of the best coaches I've ever had in my life. We called him Crash. His name was Frank Gans, and uh, Frank was uh, in the military, uh, and he was a military fighter pilot. He was trained as a fighter pilot, and he always talked to us about the subconscious mind, and he wanted us to to do so many repetitions of our work to the point that we have perfected and we could actually visualize it, close our eyes and see it happening. And there would come some times that we would be so good at it and we would have done it and pictured it so many times that the subconscious mind would take over. It's almost like, you know, it would do what you wished and hoped and dreamed that you could do. 
and it, it's your preparation that prepared you for that moment. And, and you've seen yourself on that stage of success. You see yourself winning and then it happens. And so, uh, you know, to me, you know, winning, it's like a lot of times, I'm sure there's some people who want a gold medal. I've never won a gold medal in my life, but I'm sure they're dreamed of seeing themselves, you know, on that stand with a gold medal, hold it up. I had a friend who won a gold medal. Uh, when we were in, we played high school basketball together, and he won a gold medal in the Olympics in basketball. And uh, I remember when he came home, I couldn't wait to go to his house and see his gold medal. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think you know, the visualization is always good for athletes too. You know, so in life, I, I would imagine that these people should be able to picture themselves winning and 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 see how they're going to be celebrating. So, uh, let's move on. Um, we got about uh, we got about two more minutes. Uh, in this segment. So what I'm going to do, Jennifer, is perhaps maybe I want to let you take over. Is there something in particular that we didn't cover that you'd like to make sure that the listening audience has a chance to hear? Um, you know, it goes back to the definition of success, and I think it's really important that as you're defining what success is, and I mentioned this earlier, I mean, you should define it, and it shouldn't be motivated by a paycheck. It should be really motivated by what you're passionate about and there really is said something there is something to be said about if you're doing something you're passionate um, with then it doesn't feel like work and so you should be doing things that you find fulfilling life really is short and so if there's anything that you take away from this segment when you're looking at what a success means to you make sure it's doing things that you find enjoyment and, and passion in doing in life. Yeah, I think uh, you and I had a conversation the other day, and I, I talked about that. I, uh, someone said something to me years ago, and it's that, no, you don't have a job. Uh, you know, it's a labor of love. And, and I was fortunate enough to play professional football league, play, play professional football in the National Football League for one of my childhood, you know, favorite teams, the Cleveland Browns. And it was like a dream come true. And uh, I remember one time on the practice field, though, my coach asked me, he says, Ray, don't you just love it? Don't you just love it? And I looked at him and I said, uh, Coach, hell no. Who loves this? Uh, this? This practice is hard. I said, I love it on two days, but I do love it. But it's only two days, on game day and payday. So, <laughs> so to put things in perspective about football, somehow, uh, I mean, sometimes that is something that we enjoy and we love it, but it really um, – there are times where you love a little bit more than others, but when you can have one of those jobs that you love doing, I've encouraged my daughter and my son to do what they love doing. That way it's, it's a labor of love and it's not really a job and they're not just doing it to collect a check. But I sure as heck wouldn't go out and play football if I wasn't getting paid with, with the danger there is sometimes today. Uh, it's kind of hard to encourage somebody to go out there to do that. But uh, uh, Jennifer, I thank you for um, allowing me the opportunity to speak with you and share your book with the audience. If, if somebody's interested in a book, where can they get the book, or is there a website or something they can reach you? Uh, yeah, they can get it on Amazon as well as Barnes & Noble. Okay. And uh, is there a website? Do you have a website out there uh, to, just to talk about yourself and your background, or is it if you prefer everybody to, uh, to search for the title of the book, which is Move the Ball? I do have a website. It's Dot com and there there's a summary of the book there's also a preview so you can read a couple chapters as well and get familiar with the content um, so that's a good place to check out the book as well well you worked way too hard not to have that ESQ behind that Jennifer Garrett uh, Jennifer A. Garrett so um, hopefully uh, 
I always like to uh, give the people the respect that they deserve for all the hard work they put in. And when you earn those three letters that come after your name, whether it's uh, CPA or ESQ or or there's two DR, um, want to make sure that we emphasize that. So um, thank you so much, Jennifer. Uh, I hope that we've uh, done you justice and uh, and um, not waste your time this morning, um, well, this afternoon here in uh, Phoenix. But uh, it's been good speaking with you, and I hope to stay in touch with you, and good luck to you and your family and your wonderful children, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you so much again for having me on the show, and keep moving the ball. Okay, thank you, you guys. Uh, i tell you what, we're going to have to take a break. This is the Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like a manager. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific. Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you're here to the show. This is Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters as much as it hurts me to say. What matters is that the Golden State Warriors are the 2018 NBA champions. And along with me, uh, to help me feel the remorse that I feel, uh, the sadness that I feel, the mourning that I'm in, is my good friend, Willie Gibson. Willie, man, help me, man. I, you know, I don't want to, you know, ain't no crying in basketball, so I ain't going to do it. But, uh, man, uh, that, that one hurt. And uh, what hurts more is now all we got to talk about until about August is what Brian going to do. But we're not going to talk about what Brian going to do, man, because we're going to talk about a couple other things. So, uh, first of all, let me just say this. From the Golden State Warriors' perspective, you know, if it's broke, do you fix it? I mean, they're talking about perhaps maybe trading KD and Draymond to try to get, uh, you know, 
one of the young fellas out there uh, to come into Golden State to prepare them for down the road. But, you know, man, two hands, what do they call it? Two birds in a hand is better than two in a bush, whatever it is. But why would they want to do anything to try to break that team? I mean, would you think they'd try to break that team up for what they think what? they might be able to do in the future? Well, a couple of things. Um, the the issue mean is they don't know if they can resign. Well, no, that they don't. They can't resign everybody. So decisions have to be made. Right now, KD is a free agent, so he's looking at a a five year supermax uh, coming up this year. Uh, they want Clay. Clay has one year left on his contract. They want him to sign an extension this year, so they can lock him up. But his uh, his father, uh, former NBA. Uh, champion Michael Thompson said Clay's not signing anything because he's in line for a bigger contract next year. You know, same thing. So they they took that extension and took it to uh, Draymond, wanted him to sign this year for less money, and he said, "No, I'm waiting until next year when I can get the supermax." So you know, it, it can only a good thing only lasts so long. But and, it, but let me let me just say those those three scenarios. Mm-hmm. I think two out of three are supermax deals. Do you think Draymond is a supermax dude? Um, no, but the rules state in the collective bargaining agreement: if he makes All NBA or wins Defensive Player of the Year, he's eligible for a supermax. So, is he supermax? Probably not. But right. by the letter of the law, he he's eligible for it. Was he Defensive Player of the Year this year? He was last year. Uh, so at any time in your career, not necessarily yeah. the year of your contract. Correct. Okay. Correct. Well, uh, I, I'll say this. Uh, Clay already didn't shout out to his dad one time. <laughs> you know, they're, they're not going to be like the, you know, like the other guys out there in California. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he already, you know, shout out to his dad that, you know, he topped his dad in terms of the rings. You right. know. So uh, I think Clay, the kind of young man anyway, he's going to make his, he, he, I think he's going to make his own decision. You know, right. his pop might tell him, you know, don't sign or whatever. But let, let me ask you this. If you ultimately, and I don't, you know, KD said, no, it's about, you know, his his thing is about something else. It's about growth and, and you know, it ain't about rings. But if it's mm-hmm. about rings mm-hmm. and you're getting paid, mm-hmm. do you move? I mean, ultimately, you, where else are you going to go to assure yourself a championship? When you you just done, you just... Three out of four. You've been here three out of four times. You you won three. Right. Where else you going to go that you think can beat this team? Well, you're right. It depends on what your priorities are. If you all are, if you are about winning, then no. And getting you, paid. You and getting paid. Because they're getting paid. Get all of them going to get paid. Yeah. Right. And you stay. However, what's your agenda? What's your, what's your goal? Do you want to be, you know, does KD want to be the man? Does he want to? Prove, you know, because remember, KD got ripped for leaving OKC and leaving Russ and joining a 73-9 team to win championships. So now that he has two, does he want to go somewhere and prove they can do it by himself? Well, let's, I don't know. Let, let, let's say he, he already said that's not him. That That's not what it's right. – Well, yeah, I'm just right. using it as an example I got of what, you. you know, what can happen. Right. You know, and, and this is, you know, what, four straight years that this team has been in the finals? But he says you that. Know? But you know what? Ultimately, what do you play basketball for? You play basketball to win, to win more games right. than, than the other teams. And if you do that, ultimately you win a championship. So right. KD may say that, but really when you clearly, you know, dig down, ultimately you want to beat every team you play. That means you want to win more games than anybody else, and that results in you getting a championship. Now, you may call it something else, you know, but – 
You know, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's a duck. You know, right. so th- that's the bottom line. So uh, I, I just don't see why any of these guys would want to break that team up and not stay away. Because you possibly could win. Let's say, let's say if you win one more, you know, you, what you got, you got three out of four. Then you would have four out of five. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll put you right in there for the guys who got six and seven rings. You know, you you know, you got a chance to run, run the table. Well, you know, why not? That's that's what you, you play the game to win. You play to win the game. So right, I right. just don't see why they would uh, they would want to try to break that up uh, when ultimately everybody else, in, in my my personal opinion, everybody else now is trying to put together a team that can beat. It's not a team that can beat. These LeBron James and Eastern Conference champion? No, it's it's not. You know who could beat the Houston Rockets? No, it's the NBA champion. Put together a team that could beat the NBA champions. Right. And, uh, and I, I would say, I would say, had it not been for a strained hamstring, Daryl Morey and Houston did it because they were. Remember, Houston was up three two in that series until uh, Chris Paul got hurt. So, well, I would agree, I would agree with you, but you know, man, that's just that's all about the game. That's why I, I will say this: I, I, no way am I going to say I'm a LeBron hater, man. I, I just I love the brother as a basketball player. You know, that's what's so special about LeBron is the fact that he can stay healthy too. That's part of, that's part of the game is staying healthy. You know, being totally prepared mentally, physically, spiritually. You know, go in there and play a game and and win and, and come out. And ready to go, line up and play again, you know. And 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 you got to have bodies, and your body's got to be healthy. And staying healthy is, is part of the game, and that's what's so amazing about him. One thing I do want to address about LeBron James, because I'm surprised I haven't, I'm not hearing people say this, is everybody's talking about where LeBron's going. And this is me. Let's say if I, from the business of basketball, I'm not so sure that. Okay, if I wanted to win a championship, yes. If I wanted to win a championship, it's what can you do for me now? Yes, I might be thinking LeBron James. But if I'm thinking about long term, LeBron James, I think in his 15th year, just played every basketball game that you possibly – you can't play more games than he played. Well, right. well he, did he go to a seven-game series? Yeah, yeah, you can't play more games. Well, the, finally he got swept. So, But you could play maybe play a couple more games in the finals, but – you can't play more games in a regular season than a man just played. It's his 15th year. At some point in time, like they say on the big boy show, you know, it's just going to, you know, fall off the edge. But can his body hold up that long? At some point in time, he's, he's aging. We, 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 we got to see it and got to start thinking about it at some point in time. How many more years do you think you can get out of LeBron to play at that level? As yeah, opposed to investing um, in a younger player who may give you, you know, five or ten more years. LeBron, you might be looking at two or three more years. What do you think, right. What do you think? I, I agree. Well, he, he played 104 straight games this year. 82 in the regular season, 22 in the playoffs. So that's unheard of to play 104 and not miss uh, as far as at this level. And then level. add Willie here. But you, you got to do this too, man. Go back to the last season and they got beat by Golden State. And how many was that six-game series? Five. Five. So, you know, so so that cuts time out of the offseason where you got an extra month where you working and other dudes vacationing. Correct. Correct. You're right. 
So go ahead, finish. I'm sorry, but I just wanted to add that on. Go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Um, I think he has, at this level, uh, two to three, as you said, two to three more years at this level. So the five-year max that he would sign, and and I believe it would be the five-year max with Cleveland. Um, You know, the last two years are kind of as – and I hate to draw this comparison – and I hope he doesn't fall off like this. But the the, the Kobe the Kobe deal, where the last two years Kobe wasn't the Kobe Bryant that he was his his entire career. But as a thank you, the Lakers took care of him. So yeah, the, the Lakers have a way of doing that. That's why I believe some people think the Lakers may be where LeBron lands. I'm, I'm hoping for Cleveland, but the Lakers did that to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and they did that for for Kobe Bryant. Now um, I will say this. Um, Kobe dug down deep in the last game he played in. He what? He dropped sixty. Yes. The last 60. game he played, he dropped sixty. You know, so. Uh, I'm, but I, but I will agree with you. But Kobe's tank was running on empty for a long time. When he dropped that sixty, he was out of gas. That was it. That, I mean, you know, it was the last game. But that was it. But his season. You know, was not a spectacular. That last season was not a spectacular season. Nor was Jordan's last season he played. Mike's last season wasn't outstanding either. You know, and I don't even think did, did Mike the Wizards didn't make the playoffs did he, in his last season. No, they didn't make the playoffs. He he averaged twenty. You know, so he he a shell of himself. But no, they did not make the playoffs. Right. He didn't look like him. He looked like you know just. Uh, a fraction of himself. Uh, the great play, it happens. Age just, it, it comes up on you so fast. That's why I'm saying this next year for LeBron is not guaranteed that it's going to look like this year. It, it, something, I mean, he's just age, just natural aging of the body can happen to him. And it's accelerated because of the demands he puts on his body. So in your mind, so the Cavaliers, instead of trying to go out and you know, get someone else. They make that investment with LeBron and give him everything they can give him except the house. I heard there may be some changes or some adjustments where somehow there's now a chance he could get a part of the team. Is is that going? Is that conversation started back there, uh, Willie? Um, legally, no. It's illegal by NBA standards. But uh, where that stems from is Dan Gilbert. Um, LeBron is infamous. He's infamous for saying. Because the, the the narrative around here is LeBron runs the show in Cleveland. He coaches. He's a GM. He picks the players. He picks the team meal. He tells the flight what time to leave. And he's like, no, I'm an employee. Right. I'm just I'm an employee. And Dan Gilbert made the statement recently that I don't view LeBron as an employee. I view him as a partner. And so from that, the the narrative came. Well, LeBron needs to get part of the team. Now, by NBA standards and NBA rules, you can't do that. But I'm quite sure at the end of his career, he and Dan will sit down and, and some percentage will be worked out. Yep. Okay, I'll tell you what, Willie. We're going to um, take a break, and uh, we're going to come back. This is the Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got my man Willie Gibson on with me. We'll come back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
so, Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Right here, the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rayola Sports on the Voice of America Network. Common Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters is the Golden State Warriors are the 2018 NBA champions for the ninth, for the 2017-18 season. They swept the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I am devastated. What I, uh, the, if anything that I got out of today's show. Um, Besides enjoying a conversation with my man Willie Gibson, is I had a special guest on Jennifer A. Garrett. Uh, Jennifer has a book out called Move the Ball, How the Game of American Football Can Help You Achieve Your Life Goals. Uh, we've always talked about transferable skills. Uh, Jennifer is a person who picked up on uh, some of the uh, things you can take from football and apply them to your everyday life. She's been doing that. She recommends that other people do that, and she explains to you how to do that. I think she said you can pick her book up on Amazon. You should pick it up. It's a great read and uh, a great conversation we had earlier with Jennifer. I got my man Willie Gibson on. Willie, uh, man, let me. I got to go here because the Cleveland Browns have started the dialogue already. They talking, they talking, mm-hmm. and 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 the big fella wide out. You know, he got some. He's saying some things, and he's saying some things out there that you know, and and, and I think. Josh is going to be able to back it up. One thing about what I read that Josh said that, you know, he's taking life day by day, one day at a time. And that, that, that uh, is one of those things that uh, if you've heard about these people who are recovering and he did have uh, uh, an addiction problem, uh, it's, it's one step at a time, one day at a time. And that's how he's taking his life. That's how he's approaching this, this season. Uh, but he's very confident that there's a group of receivers around him that he thinks is as good as any of them out there, and he, he's feeling good about Tyrod. And so the chemistry of the receivers and the quarterbacks, you know, when a quarterback has a receiver that feels that good, you know, he now he, he, he didn't say the quarterbacks are the best quarterbacks in the league. He said the receiving core is the best receiving core he believes out there. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, hey, so if that's the case, then it, I'm sure he's seen his, himself and a lot of other guys catch some nice balls that's being thrown um, by, by Tyrod Taylor. And I'm telling you, I, I said this before, 
Uh, I thought that things would change significantly this year for the Browns because of the quarterback, but I also thought that they would add to the running game. Carlos Hyde, we got a Buckeye back there, man, so we got to have a little faith in him. He can right. do something. He can do some things. You got a nice little game. We saw in Frisco where when the lineman, you know, pushed the guys off the ball a little bit, Carlos could hit that hole up in there. Mm. So um, what do you, are you buying into this, man? What do you think? Um, I buy into the fact that that's what Josh is supposed to say. I mean, you, you want your players out there having confidence and having faith in their teammates. Um, best receiving core in the league, you look at it, I mean, by yardage, I think Minnesota, uh, Thielen and, and Diggs last year had about 2,400. Uh, Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster had about 2,400. You know, him and Landry, I mean, I, mean, I don't know if they're approaching – you know, 12, 1,300 yards each themselves, but I don't have a problem with, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of times it, a lot is much ado about nothing when, when players make these comments and make these statements and all oh, his bullets are board material. Well, now he's supposed to have confidence in himself. You know, what is he supposed to say? I think we're the 19th best receiving core in the league. So I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I think it's what he's supposed to say. Well, um, I'm, I'm glad you, to hear you say that because I, too, believe that, uh, you know, he should say that. I, I remember there was a question asked of Eli a few years ago uh, about, uh, you know, his ability. And uh, Eli spoke up for himself. And I, that was my that was my response. What you expect a man to say, you know, uh, just like, um, you know, in the basketball here uh, most recently, uh, we had the kid out of Philadelphia ask, you know, who, who was the MVP, uh, who was the rookie MVP of the league. And, yeah. uh, of course, he said he was. <laughs> right. Uh, but but uh, let me just say this about Josh. I think the last time Josh was on the field where he led uh, the league, I think, in reception yards, I think he had about 1,600, you know. He did. He and did so, Yeah. And so so if, if he feels that, you know, he can come in and do something like that and, and get a couple other guys, get, a, you know, some, some decent yardage to add to his. Uh, they could be, you know. But, but again, I guess you got to also look at, um, look at the division they're playing in and what are those, those defenses look like. Are those defenses going to allow the quarterback to sit back and throw for that many yards, you know? Uh, is his offensive line going to allow his quarterback the time? Uh, I think Tyrod is not going to be back there as a sitting duck. He's going to be moving out on the edge, and I think he can make some things happen when he moves out on the edge. That allows a quarterback, I mean, that allows receivers sometimes to improvise a little bit, um, certainly break their routes off, uh, make some things happen. But most importantly, what I feel has got to happen, uh, what they need to concentrate on is, is catching the ball. That's all, you know, a lot of times if receivers would just catch balls, there would be many more yards, you know, just to add on, you know, whether, you know, it's a 10 yard catch, you know, whether it's a deep ball, whatever it is, just catching the ball could improve the yardage by, by so much. But I know we got an offensive line problem in Cleveland that we, we got to settle. And I think that's going to be the most important. If the, if the offensive line doesn't hold up, um, it could look similar to what it's looked like the last couple of years. And I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, I think, as you said, the, the old line has been uh, an issue, but I think they're on their way to uh, shoring that up. They picked a guy, uh, Austin Corbett, in the second round from uh, Nevada. That's that's looking pretty well in OTAs, and now the mandatory mini camp week, and uh, they slowly but surely are, are rebuilding that old line. You know, got to replace the, the Hall of Famer, uh, Joe Thomas, who, you know, 11 years at left tackle, played over 10,000 uh, consecutive snaps before he got hurt last year. So, as you said, you know, they shore that up. And, 
you know, Josh pretty much says the receivers are on lock. They got um, Carlos Hyde and, and Nick Chubb from uh, Georgia in the second round to go with uh, Duke Johnson. So you look at that, t- that at that roster. Uh, John Dorsey has done a great job of uh, filling holes, getting that that roster up to NFL speed, NFL levels. And you know, I think I think you know seven. I don't think seven wins are out the out of the realm of possibility this year for the Browns. Uh, are we settling? Are, are we going to settle? Or will are we going to settle for seven wins? That that kind of see that that's kind of a mediocre season. You know, that's not playoffs. We can't expect playoffs with seven wins. Are, are we looking for? Are we, should we expect playoffs this year? or Should we just expect an improvement over the last two years? Which all you got to do is win a game or two, and that's improvement. So, well, what exactly. are we looking for out of Browns this year? I mean, I mean, we, I mean, one in thirty-one over the previous two years, only sixteen last year. I think seven wins. They throw a parade in Cleveland. To be honest. Um, I don't know if that's settling. I think that's uh, an opportunity, you know, to build. It's a building block, you know. It's it's a it's a it's a foundational building block that you take this season and and, and you build on it uh, for the future. So we're going to adapt the uh, Philadelphia 76ers and uh, strategy. It's going to be a process. Okay. Right. Uh, speaking of the Philadelphia 76 in the process, uh, that's a good segue into what I want to ask you about uh, the the Cangelo. Uh, Jerry Keangelo, uh, uh Brian, scenario. Brian's the son. The son, yeah. I'm sorry, Brian. Yeah, Jerry's the dad. Uh, the whole scenario, did it make sense to you? Did you finally figure it out? Was, you know, they'd say it was the wife, it wasn't him, and and yeah. uh, she kind of stood up for him. But uh, there was a scenario similar to out there. Uh, I believe Roger Goodell's wife at some time, didn't she take to the Internet to say something on uh, on behalf of she- Roger? She did. She did. But the issue with this is there was classified information that only he would know. Yes. Being put out. Yes. Uh, medical medical records from players. Uh, why players um, failed physicals. Uh, criticizing the franchise player, Joel Embiid, criticizing the coach. Uh, that was the difference. Uh, uh, Mrs. Goodell, I think she was just more so defending her husband. And, you know, these burner accounts for Colangelo did that as well. But I think when you got into disclosing medical information to players and, and criticizing your head coach and, and criticizing your star player, that I think that was, you know, they couldn't turn back from that. So you think that what I thought that was a fireball offense because, uh, you know, once you're married, you're one. So that that was a fireball offense. In, in and, and, and to be perfectly honest with you, how well, yeah, because how else would she get that information? You know, she, you know, that's definitely, you know, information that I'm pretty confident only he would uh, provide her for her to, to publicize it on Twitter. But to be perfectly honest with you, I don't necessarily, I think necess- I think she kind of took the L for him, so to speak. I don't know if it was necessarily her. I think it was, con- I think it was him. And she kind of just, you know, took the L for him. But at the end of the day. Well, you sound like you got some burner accounts, man. No, no. One, <laughs> one account at Will Gibson 7. That's it. All right. There, it. there it is. You heard it. If you want to check Willie out, you know where to get him at. But, uh, okay, that uh, is going to wrap up the show. Willie Thomas, run out on us. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Appreciate my man Willie Gibson dropping in with us and also Jennifer A. Garrett. Move the ball. It's that time, so I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. 
For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.